0: This is the PMP industry insider podcast.
1: To another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, my name is Daniel Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which owns Triangle Plus as well as Triangle Long, as well as the CEO of Co-March, blah, blah, blah. We talk about this every week. Dan, would you like to say hello? Introduce yourself, because I'm sure people don't know you, and then introduce our outstanding topic and our even more outstanding guests.
0: How's that? Yeah, so... Uh uh, Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers, PCO MA specialists, uh, blah, 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 same thing. And uh, today <laughs> we we have a, uh, a guest. Um, and uh, this is actually something that, you know, I come across quite frequently with clients is uh, how do we get more money? How do, how do we borrow money? How do we, you know, we want to expand. We want to uh, refinance uh, loans. We want to, you know, um, do these Uh, kinds of things. And uh, a lot of times uh, these SBA backed loans are uh, the, um, the answer. So we have a fella who um, I've um, known for several, for, you know, a couple of of cycles at the uh, uh, different shows and whatnot. Uh, But I also, um, you know, when we were uh, doing the PPP loans for us, um, I ran into an emergency where the whole thing was going to end and I called uh, these guys on a Saturday and by Sunday night I had it all and so I am eternally grateful to them. Uh, our guest is Dave Ottison. He's Vice President of Small Business Lending at Live Oak Bank. Uh, He has two decades of experience in the small uh, business lending, utilizing SBA programs to assist business owners with acquisition or expansion financing. And um, uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about him, Live Oak Bank and SBA programs. And um, hey, Dave, uh, how are you? Hey, guys. Great. Thanks, Dan and Donnie. I
2: appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah. So tell me how you got here. What uh, what you study in school? How'd you get into <laughs> banking? Uh, how'd you get to Live Oak? Hey, yeah,
2: you bet. Thank you. Uh, so I guess my banking career started off when I worked 25 hours a week during school and opening up checking accounts, writing home equity lines of credit for individuals, and then that regional bank at the time decided hey, there's this program called SBA or Small Business Administration-backed lending, which I knew nothing about looking at small businesses or commercial lending, but got thrown into this brand new division and came with it a guidebook of 800 pages of regulations tied to a government-backed program. So I got thrown into that division early on, uh, straight out of college, and uh, just learned a heck of a lot. Never thought I would specialize in small business administration lending, but here I am, a little over 20 years later, still writing SBA loans, which I think is a particular and small niche within the entire banking sector. Um, there's certainly small business bankers and big commercial real estate lenders, other specialized areas of syndications and things like that. But um, at the end of the day. The Small Business Administration niche has been uh, fantastic for me and a, and a great way to help out small business owners.
1: So, Dave, obviously, we wouldn't be talking here if you didn't have some connection to the industry. And, and uh, you know, SBA is your thing and lending is your thing. And so, I just think it would be very good for you to kind of just tell us what has, you know, what Why are you guys focusing on the pest control industry and kind of what what is the thought process there, especially specifically with SBA? Can you just kind of give us an overview of like this is why we're focused on the industry and and here's what we want to do?
2: Absolutely. So I think uh, and live oak is relatively new to specializing in the pest control industry. I think since pest world of last year, I have been studying the pest control industry and spending 100 percent of my time. Trying to educate folks on SBA programs to pest control operators um, and really just getting the word out so to kind of start why SBA versus say a regular conventional bank loan, um, so the SBA offers up to in most programs a seventy five percent government guarantee, so if we're out lending a million dollars, then Uncle Sam can back up to 75% of that are $750,000. So as a banker, we look at that as reducing our risk. Um, to touch on Live Oak Bank, uh, we're a little unique in that we offer nationwide lending, specializing primarily in Small Business Administration loans. We are the largest provider of SBA loans around the country um, through its 7A program and generate more than twice the volume of our next two competitors. And that's without uh, brick and mortar branches. So we have teams that specialize in particular industries like myself with pest control. Um, And so since let's call it pest world of of last year, we decided um, we wanted to create a new vertical and we have up to 30 of them now in pest control. Well, I think part of your question there was why pest control? I think for all of the reason where there's a lot of interest in it and that it's resilient to macroeconomic fluctuations, it's got relatively inelastic demand, meaning if the prices of pest control services go up, then demand doesn't tend to wane. Because if, say, your spouse doesn't like cockroaches in your basement, then I imagine your top priority that day would be to call somebody to take care of that, right? Um, and the other thing is Live Oak Bank is very very highly attracted to uh, recurring contract-based revenue like the pest control industry has. So um, SBA loans can be a great fit for addressing a lot of the growth that uh, some of these pest control
0: companies are experiencing. Tell us about why an SBA loan and what can it be used for? So uh, if you wanted to go out and do acquisitions, uh, maybe vehicle financing, maybe a building for that you want to put your office in. What what are the the, the what's the case study for SBA backed loans versus a uh, non SBA backed loans? And also, do you do non SBA backed loans?
1: Well, but in, sure. and just to you add to that. that. Just to add to that, from the perspective of an end user, like why would they say opt for an SBA loan versus a conventional loan per se? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well,
2: oftentimes I think Joe, small business owner, isn't aware of really what type of loan they need, right? So let's let's talk through the lens of you have a pest management professional and they want to go buy um, a competitor that um, also serves. Part of what the areas that you serve and let's just say that that purchase price is a million and a half dollars You want to grow through acquisition? you want to look at at buying your friend competitor neighbor for a million and a half dollars and that seller has asset has total asset value of let's call it with the depreciation on the vehicles of $150,000 okay So if you were to approach, say, your bank and um, look for a conventional loan or any type of loan to cash that seller out, the other, let me set the stage of the sellers has a requirement of they really want to generate a million dollars to then retire, okay? So how can that be financed at a bank from a conventional loan perspective, unless you have a very strong individual and company balance sheet and have the ability to demonstrate to that bank that you can repay whatever loan on a conventional basis over say a three or five year period, which can be very challenging, SBA can be a great fit. So even if you don't have the assets, but you can pay back a 10 year loan under a reasonable interest rate, um the sba can step in and offer that partial guarantee to the lender and reduce collateral risk and so the risk to the lender is mitigated by that limited government guarantee of up to 75 percent of that loan amount so that's why from an acquisition perspective whether it's bolt on tuck in or you really want to borrow long-term working capital over, say, a 10-year time horizon, SBA loans can be a much better fit. Now, I would say the biggest challenge, however, is finding an SBA lender, someone that has SBA lending expertise. So the SBA has a preferred lender program that many of the big banks are preferred lenders with SBA. Um, Certainly Live Oak Bank is. That enables the banks to actually make the decision on the SBA's behalf instead of waiting for say a government agency to respond okay so i think first off from a response response perspective um, my recommendation is make sure you're working with an sba lender that not only understands the nuances of sba lending but also may have some exposure with pest control Um, in my limited experience here focusing on pest control however there's not an SBA lender that I just described out there, um, other than myself, that's focused again 100% of my time on uh, trying to understand the pest control industry and its
0: nuances. I think one of the most difficult so, things that, that I see is when we find. You know, financing, because pest control, you know, the, the biggest asset you have is this intangible, your customer list. A lot of people don't want to lend money against it. But we've seen SBA loans go for acquisitions and things like that. I would imagine that we could do vehicles and whatnot. But well, when would you not do an SBA loan? Like, why would why would Live Oak Bank, if they have the opportunity to have the government, uh, you know, guarantee 75% of the loan, would they ever do a non-SBA loan? Why? You bet. Um, yeah, so we, we
2: certainly provide probably out of our entire loan portfolio, a little over 50% is specifically SBA loans, um, which are generally geared towards just growing companies and lower down payments. Okay, so um, what we try to do and our track record since 2008 has been utilizing the SBA programs up to a $5 million loan amount. Dan, and then once companies get larger than that and have credit needs that exceed SBA limitations, um, that's when we work on structuring conventional credits. Okay.
1: Yeah. Is that, so, is that limit $5 million? Like, once you get over that, then it doesn't make sense to SBA, or is that a limitation of the SBA?
2: That is. So, generally speaking, the maximum loan amount offered through the SBA is $5 million, However, um, there's several creative structures that um, we can utilize to provide. If real estate, for example, is included, um, then SBA programs can go up to a total project amount of about $15 million. So if I just would
1: kind of restate what you just said about SBA, SBA makes sense when you have somewhat of a collateral a challenge. I guess that's probably the best way. Am I reading what you just said properly, like if, you, if you're in a situation where you don't have a ton of collateral, then, then SBA would make sense for you, like in the sense of hard assets. Is that, is that an accurate statement of what you just said?
2: That was very well said, Donnie. That is a 100% accurate statement. So from a lender's perspective, we consider ourselves cash flow lenders. Well, what does that mean? Um, if you can take all of the different things that we look at in terms of, we look at your personal financial statement, we look at your personal credit score, but what do we really care about? We care about, one, the ability for you to demonstrate that you can pay our loan back over the prescribed term, okay? So cash flow, that's number one. Um, number two, we look at, at management and your ability to not only understand your company, but understand where it's going. Number three is collateral. What kind of collateral exists? Um, and in a pest control operation, you have vehicles and inventory as the primary assets, right? That's, and like you said, intangibles are the biggest value in your company. So SBA is a great fit to come in and mitigate that collateral gap. So when it comes to, if we could boil it down to three simple things of cash flow management and collateral, we always need the first two. Okay, we do not need the third one. Does that make
1: sense?
2: Yeah, it totally
1: oh, does. So yeah,
0: because, it because
2: the government comes in. Would,
0: yeah, would it make sense if um and and I I where where I think that 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 it's most appropriate based on what you said is an acquisition of another company because there's no. Uh, you know, collateral and whatnot, but let's say I had a fleet of 10 or 15 or 20 vehicles and uh, wanted to refinance it and or if I wanted some sort of credit line to do vehicles, is that a good thing or should I just keep using the bank or the leasing company or whatever?
2: I think um, the leasing company or the fleet management company, I think those are great resources and would not recommend necessarily an SBA loan structure for either vehicle acquisition or to refinance. Now, certainly, it, every situation is very different. Refinancings can make some sense, they're subject to some different rules, but from a uh, fluid market perspective, some of the fleet management companies and um, vehicle financing vendors out there, generally speaking, I think would offer more efficient financing.
1: So bringing this back around, and you kind of explained this, but I just want to make it super clear. Let's let's talk through the mechanics of an SBA loan. You know, when I mean, is it the bank that's lending you the money, or is it the SBA that's lending you the money? And is it more of just like the SBA says, look, if Donnie, for whatever reason, decides he's not paying this note, then we'll come in and we'll guarantee that we'll that you'll get this amount back. Like who? Just walk us through the mechanics of what an SBA loan really is and how it works from from your perspective.
2: Absolutely. So if I went back real quick to the example of you have a $1 million SBA 7A loan that is documented between you and the bank and the bank only um, subject to the SBA program documentation requirements. So it's 100% the lender, the bank, that's lending and extending those funds. It's just partially guaranteed by the government. So the lender has experience in following the government's rules, but it's 100% the banks that's extending those funds. Kind of back to my earlier point of approaching the bank. What's what's kind of required? Maybe, would you like me to kind of take the conversation there?
1: Yeah, well I think the main thing is just so that people understand that hey, if I go and ask for an SBA loan, you know, I want to work with a preferred vendor, right? Because I mean, we all love—at least I personally love working with government entities. I find them very efficient and very customer-focused. Usually, not being facetious at all. And you know, beyond it is, is like hey, you know, I can work with hey, if if my bank is or you know, Live Oak or whatever you know i'm gonna that's who i'm working with and they're bringing the sba in just to kind of cover this collateral gap that we have um and so that i think that's the main point i want to get across is that you know there's, it's not like you have to get i've done one of these loans before in the past and i found it pretty difficult to do now i didn't i didn't do it with live oak of course now, this has been many many years ago but it's, you know, as you would expect with most government. Well, there, there's a
0: lot of paperwork. There's a lot of. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more work than doing a uh, traditional loan. But one of the things that you find is that, you know, banks want collateral. And if, if you're buying hard assets, no problem. And you got a good credit. But but if you are buying an intangible, it, this this works perfectly for business expansion through acquisition or whatever, because there's no or very little collateral to, to, to
1: attach. So my next question then is, you know, and this is for you, Dave, is, and Dan, I'm sure you can comment on this as well. Is there ever a case where the SBA, like you could use SBA backed credit lines? Is it conventional lending only? Like, you know, what kind of products are available with, you know, I guess the SBA stamp on it where you can kind of cover this collateral gap? Yes.
2: Um, so, I think from, from a Live Oak perspective, we often write small lines of credit uh, when it makes sense associated with some of our term loans. Um, but in terms of SBA-backed lines of credit, dollar amounts can go all the way down to about $50,000. And um, SBA backs smaller lines of credit up to 350000 with a reduced guarantee of, say, only 50%. So some banks use that from a line of credit perspective, Donnie.
0: Mm-hmm. And you can draw oh. that pay back, draw it, and you have a five year term or something. Is that, how does that work?
2: Yeah, so I think you have a two year period to draw that down and then a five year payback exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: I never knew that. That's pretty okay. cool. I didn't know that you could do a, a SBA back line of credit. So I'm glad I asked that question.
0: Yeah. So you bet. All of this is pretty cool, and uh, you know the government, um, you know, as Donnie said, is more efficient than most businesses. But uh, so I'm sure they have to get paid for this. So what is the, you know, what are the rates like compared to? And I know rates are getting a little, you know, uh, the, the 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 credit markets right now are in flux. But uh, is there a premium to do an SBA loan? Whatever, let's say today, you know. Uh, LIBORs I don't know whatever is is there a uh, uh, an amount that goes that 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 uh, that we can look at to to do an SBA loan yes
2: Um, so the SBA sets maximum interest rates and for most programs that's at two and three-quarters over prime rate prime rate today is at four percent the same as it was back in 2017 so I know we're in an uptake from an uptick when it comes to the interest rate environment, but, um, I think we have to look back in through history and realize that rates are still certainly historically low from a planning perspective. I think, um, our projects that don't involve real estate, generally speaking, um, folks should plan on an interest rate between six and seven percent and to pay that back over a 10 year schedule. Okay. I think from a from a from a from a fee perspective, SBA loans can be a little more fee intensive um, versus conventional loans. But the huge benefit there is the extended payback period of say ten years versus a three or five year uh, term, which makes it very difficult
1: for that operator to qualify. I was going to say, well, it, I mean, it, yeah, it's got a little bit more to it, but then again, it gives you a capability that you would not in some cases that you it wouldn't even be on the table. Um, if you didn't, yeah. you know, we're, we're not able to do that. So so what are some, I mean, you, you kind of talked through this a little bit, but when you look at like, okay, who's a good fit for an SBA or, you know, what are the key qualifiers? Can you just talk through that a little bit? Like, you know, in these cases, this is when an SBA loan really works extremely well at. When When do they shop?
2: I think probably the best fit, particularly when it comes to um, specifically the pest control industry, is that operator that has been in business for a couple of years, they're very interested in growing, likely also considering an acquisition, um, or maybe not. Maybe it's just they have a great marketing plan, a great pulse on their business, they're heading the right direction, they've reached profitability, but they need additional capital to grow. And they're really hesitant to go, say, the friends and family route or rely on personal credit to give that company the juice uh, to grow. So um, what we care about a lot is really having that the owner has a great pulse on the business and where they're going and the ability to communicate that via existing and projected financial projections. And so what we're looking to do, Donnie, is just open up a dialogue and meet as many pest control business owners as we can and educate them to determine if an SBA loan is a fit. Because there are those negative perceptions out there about what an SBA loan is, what it isn't. But I'm just a person looking to uh, network, so to speak, in the space and meet more people and help them out. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a massive process from um, papers and names and addresses on forums going back and forth. Let's just have a dialogue, collect a basic financial package, and see where and if it's a fit.
1: Now, you said something that, that is going to be a fun question to talk through. Let's say you've got an operator who's killing it in marketing. Let's say they're either running door teams or they're killing it with pay-per-click. Is, or should I say, is, is it even possible to back that growth with an SBA, because these are, I mean, when you get out of like, when you get into this realm of, yeah, there's no collateral there. I struggled with this early on. We were, you know, personally, we were killing it online and the cash and our cost per sale was low, but I couldn't get at the time, I couldn't get anyone to touch us with, with continuing to grow it, even though we had a track record of doing it. And so I'm just curious, is that, is that even a possibility? Like if you're running door teams, for example, and, and you've got a proven method. You've got some, you know, you've got a track record doing it or same thing online. You're able to grow. Would an SBA loan work for something like that? And and what I'm asking is, is marketing, right? Can you, can you take an SBA loan out for something as intangible as marketing?
2: Absolutely. You can. And, and that's where the whole conversation um, can start is getting to Understand the financial components of say that door-to-door team. So I mean we fully understand The lag in the expense of that marketing initiative and having that then convert to profitability say the following year right, so mm-hmm. um, that can be a, a massive challenge when you're trying to embark on a marketing campaign that could be quite expensive and you know that the profitability of that marketing campaign truly isn't going to happen until the following season. So we peel back those numbers, have the conversation, get on board with the strategy of how that operator would pay us back. And uh, so those yeah. are the types of stories that I've seen quite a bit.
0: So so the covenants, though, that, that we've seen in a lot of these loans, you know, you've got, yeah, you got to pay it back, but you've got to keep certain ratios and whatnot. Is that relaxed? In other words, uh, you know, uh, a marketing campaign like door to door or digital or whatever, if you take a lump of cash and, and you put it in there, um, it may not be that next year is profitable. If you really succeed, you're going to, you know, put the pedal to the metal next year. Uh, and you're going to need more money. So how, uh, you know, at what point do you have to flip it around? Or is it a one-year deal? And by the way, how long does the process take to to get a loan?
2: Okay, let me take your first question. I think the pivot (laughs) to profitability, the pivot to profitability is important for us, right? Because we need to demonstrate financially how you plan to pay back the loan, okay? And we'll look at lots of different variables to do that. Um, so, there is a component of we can't just be going top line, top line, top line with no profitability, okay? So, um, that's the first piece. How long does it take to qualify? Again, we want to start with a conversation and collection of basic financial documents. So, um, start to finish is dependent upon how motivated and organized everyone is is in the transaction, um, whether that's collection of a year-to-date balance sheet and P&L for your company as well as for the last three years of tax returns um, corporate governance documents operating agreements articles etc um, so organization drives the bus in terms of speed to closing and you know i think that the industry itself has some pretty negative perceptions about all the paperwork and how much time it takes but um, given the fact that Live Oak Banks half a fintech company and half an SBA lender, which is an interesting um, duality in and of itself, um, we'll do everything we can to reduce the paperwork, help you through the process, and uh, hey, the last thing in the world that I like to do is to ask someone to write their name and address down eight times on various forms. So we we take a lot of that burden away from uh, the applicants.
1: So just to recap, there. And I I'm, and I'm, you know I'm stating the obvious what you've already said, but I'd just like to clarify here. If you are interested in growing your business with marketing, and, and I ask this question because this is a big challenge in our industry. You know, most lenders are more than happy to go out and let's just say you're going to pay 2x revenue, which is a super low multiple. You know, the vast majority of be 3 maybe maybe 4x. They're happy to lend that. But then you tell them, hey, look, I'm I'm generating marketing here for point eight or one X revenue. And they're like, well, we're not touching the marketing side. And so that's, that's fantastic news. The only caveat I'd add to that is that, you know, remember the $5 million limit, but, but that's, yeah, that's a, That's a change, right? I mean, and it ha- it absolutely is a challenge to growth in our industry.
0: well. And and just to, to to clarify, because Donnie, you're absolutely right. I've yeah, banks will lend on two x of revenue of a company that maybe three quarters of it is good and a quarter of it doesn't, you know, really fit your model, but they'll still lend it because it's a, a a a you know a, a an entity and it's something that you're going to purchase. Whereas the marketing, so. If you do, you need a business plan. So let's say everything's good. You know, I'm an average pest control company. I want to borrow a million dollars to implement a door to door team or a a digital program or or whatnot. What do I have to do? Do I have to put together a business plan, a marketing plan for five years? You know, what do you want to see besides historical data? Because maybe this is a new project that I haven't done before. So, you know, sometimes we're really good at what we know. But we start to embark in in an area like, you know, everybody's doing a little bit of marketing, but a door to door uh, uh, team that might be something that somebody's never done or really. Pushing down on the, the gas for digital, that that might be something you know. And 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 you know, obviously, if you push the gas on digital, you're going to pay up for your sales. So when you used to get real cheap sales, now you're going to start to pay up for those. So what is it that, uh, that 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 you need to do to prep your team to get a loan for this? Yes. Um, Would you like to see a business plan, particularly
2: when um, there's an aggressive growth strategy? and so we ask our borrowers and applicants to articulate that in not a 20-page dissertation but let's keep it to the salient facts and understand and we can have verbal dialogue around call it a two to five page document that's the business plan and then the next step is really financial projections we do want to see that built out in the first year on a monthly basis just to again demonstrate how you plan to pay it back that is revenues Cost of goods, less expenses, profitability, and then we factor in the loan payments, um, including your vehicle debt service. So the financial projections is really the second and very key part of that. So we're trying to understand, call it a method to your madness, um, and um, really get behind and make sure that we understand the plan and check the reasonableness of it and have that dialogue. So I think from a, we kind of, sometimes they're referred to as story credits. Because it's not necessarily supported by the historical information, but we can dive into that future strategy and story, um, and implement that and make a call it a value judgment on um, the
1: merits of that loan. This is fantastic, and um, oh, this, this is really fantastic. good stuff. This and is, is, and, and this I would say it's it's a new capability that our industry has never seen before, which I think is going to drive even more growth because this is probably at least for me early on. This is one of my Biggest challenges of growing was that we had to bootstrap it all. I hear it every day, day. even with with mature companies. Where can I get
0: money from? What uh, you know? Uh, how do we how do we fund this this uh, this growth? Because it's interesting. Years ago, pest control was a very stable um, you know industry, but now everybody wants to grow quickly.
2: Yeah. yeah it's very interesting seeing you know if if you call it the industry as a whole is a 5% growth but uh, gosh the companies that i have looked at and i'm talking to certainly have
1: a uh, much higher growth rates. i, I was going to say it's the, given you know, the fact obviously that i was gonna say the bigger companies i think are the ones that are dragging it down if you were to actually pull the, the top level curve or the bell curve of, i think it's probably more like 20 to 30% and you know it's the the larger companies that can't outgrow that number but Um, But no, again, this is this is fantastic because, again, it's a new capability, I feel like, in our industry that has that we've needed for quite some time, especially for folks who are fairly aggressive. So, Dave, I I have a question for you. So we're going to we're going to finish out here and just some parting thoughts from Dan and then then you, Dave. But I just wanted to give you an opportunity, Dave, just to talk a little bit about Live real quick, a little bit about you. Uh, how to contact you. We'll put the contact information up on the show notes page for this episode, but just anything real quick. If folks are interested in learning more interested in having a conversation, you know, listens to the podcast and says, Hey, look, this might work for my business. Just talk through kind of, you know, where you're at and how to reach out to you just what that process may look like. You bet.
2: I think the best thing to do, if you're interested in talking to me and introducing yourself, then let's open up a dialogue. So, um, as Donnie said, my contact information will be published there. Drop me a quick email that I have a calendar feature on my email that I will respond to yours and uh, I look forward to speaking with you.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. Dan, any parting thoughts before we finish out here?
0: No, I mean, I think that this, this has been fantastic. This is a, a, a um, you know, a topic that I deal with all the time and, forever. So, you know, I think that this is a really good solution and, uh, um, just, uh, you know, to, to shoot out the, the kudos on service. Like I said, we ran into a situation where that we were up against that, uh, deadline for the PPP, which was, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, Live Oak was doing it. Uh, Chase Bank was just, you know, I'll, I'll call them out. They were jerking us around and, uh, I called, uh, um, uh, who I evoke and uh, within over the weekend um, I got it done or or they got it done for me. So uh, uh, their customer service is second to none. Remember we were doing it right at the end where, you know, you could say that, that, that uh, their capacity, you know, every bank's capacity was, was taxed and they got it done. So uh,
1: kudos to them. And, And for our listeners. You catch me out in one of the conferences, remind me to tell you this story about then because it is funny as hell. I will not I will not say it now, but <laughs> about that time.
2: Uh, let's say uh, hard to believe that was two years with, ago, guys.
1: Yeah, let's
0: say that I lost my temper a little bit. With the, the <laughs> oh, it was oh
1: so. goodness. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you did it again. You managed to stay with Dan and I for another 40, 45 minutes. Dave, it has been fantastic having you on board here and just letting everyone know about the SBA and you guys' focus on the industry. I think it's going to be a great benefit both for our listeners as well as for you guys. And just a reminder for all of our listeners, all the resources that we talked about, Dave's contact info will be available. On the podcast website, pnpindustryinsider.com. Just check us out under show notes for this episode. And as we always ask, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, we sure do appreciate any ratings, comments, reviews. Uh, And then the complaint box, I think, is Dan's email. So if you got complaints, just, just email Dan. That's what we typically like to send those. And with that, we're signing off. We'll see you all next time. Take care now.